welcome to the LHC. And today, like so many people uh, in the last few months, we're going to talk about Evangelion because it's now arrived on Netflix. But we don't do regular stuff here at the LHC. Instead of talking about a TV show that you can easily access via the internet, we're going to talk about the movie sequels to that TV show that you can only get on Blu-ray. Yeah! Mm. <laughs> they're not sequels. They're replacements. They're replacement sequels. They came after. Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, to be fair, there's been several versions of Evangelion. I mean, I first saw Evangelion in the Ultimate Edition, mm. and then I first purchased it as the Platinum Edition, which mm. was when they'd redone a lot of the voices and audio and artwork. Mm. So, yeah. it's It's been around a while. Oh, yeah. Sort of depressingly long, even though it doesn't feel like it's one of the old ones. That's like when you say... It's not old. Um, it was made in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> Stuff know, in the 90s is not old. It is, though. It's <laughs> it's over 20 years, mate. Yeah. It's just... No, it's not great. <laughs> no. We're old. Accept it, we're old. Brave Rydeen is old. <laughs> I'll even give you that original Gundam is old. The original Gundam was old when I first got into anime 20 years ago, okay? <laughs> original Gundam is incredibly old. 80s is really old. No, but unfortunately, I have to admit, 90s is old now as well. 2000s, I will argue. Early 2000s, I yeah, will argue Original about. run, October 1995 to March two, 1996. Oh, God, that is old. That isn't That's... old. Anything in the 90s is basically brand new. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so, oh, uh, spoiler warning. Usual spoiler warning. So, I so spoiler warning is for all have... of Evangelion, but and specifically uh, Evangelion, rebuild of Evangelion 1.11. Yeah, you are not alone or you are alone. I don't even know whether it's called you are alone or not alone because the not is in brackets. You are brackets so... not alone. They, they, they do yeah. that. They put the not in brackets all the time. Yeah, I know that, but um, no, the thing is, there is definitely not spoilers for film two onwards, because I haven't seen them, and you're not allowed to talk about them, yeah, I'm not I don't want talk bloody about spoilers. Them. So, um, the reason I was going to say that, we have to say full spoilers for the entire series, is because, so I watched the film, and before we won't go into any much detail, I feel like we're going to have to talk about the series rather than the film, because I don't know, it's been, what, five to 10 now it's probably been almost 10 years since i actually watched the original series but i didn't spot any difference between the film it was just a shinier version of the first few episodes it does and i know it gets go... really different later on because yeah. i know there's entire characters that are introduced that aren't in the original series mm-hmm. but i i don't know i was going to look up like differences between the film and the original series but i couldn't tell you a single difference other than the graphics and the abbreviation of most scenes and characters who aren't Shinji. I'd say there's a considerable bit of differences if you put them next to each other, especially is in it? terms of especially in terms of uh, design of the angels. But like other things, is like how Misato acts is very different in the first few episodes of Evangelion compared to this movie. So I thought the only thing I did think was that they threw out a lot of late game stuff really early because they don't have time to slow burn it like taking shinji down to see lilith was and a Misato big deal knows what lilith is 
Yeah, immediately on day one. Hmm. Um, well, having... not on day one. She takes him down there to sort of convince him to. No, 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 no. She knows. Danger. Sorry, I meant, I meant at the beginning of the series. She knows certainly, well, and the doesn't have to movie, investigate. <laughs> but um, the other ones being things like the fact that um, you know Karu's just there at the end, mm. talking complete nonsense <laughs> and um do you remember i don't know if it was what time you were with us we went to an anime pub quiz and one of the pub quiz sections was jargon and it was Ooh. name that jargon and the round was they just read out a completely incomprehensible sentence that had no correlation to reality and just say what's that from then oh i love and that ava has I was fantastic list- jargon yes. fantastic no, the, the entire conversation at the end of this film with karu is just you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls has meant that the third Lilith child is here with Damascus and Dalmascus, and now you have to go. And it's just like, none of these words make sense. It's just all basically alluding to things related to Christian lore and well, yeah, sci-fi. But and how is that different it. than, say, when we started this thing with Razafon, with referencing no, the No, we can definitely talk about... Yeah, no, Razafon was another one. Well, no, I think it's I think all, appeared it's in that all jargon thing. of these genre shows, all like giant robot shows, like in the same way that space sort of Star Trek has its own particular brand of techno babble. Um, like yeah. nearly all robot shows have a kind of almost quasi spiritual or um, sort of like totemesque techno babble because you have these giant things that are the focus of everybody's attention. So how can they not appear? Like a kind of, you know, giant Buddha statue brought to life. <laughs> Let's not talk about Gantz. <laughs> or but, Batman. Um, <laughs> did, oh, God, yeah, Batman. Yeah, Batman oh, had God. a giant Buddha statue that giant was run by Buddha Two-Face. Giant brought to life. Um, yeah, I... It, the thing is, I do feel like there's two sorts of the jargon, though. I mean, there's... Where it's deliberately... So, if you want to use Razafon as an example, there is the early bit where people are talking... Like, when the Moolians are talking and they're just using their own language and it's a case of, I know this, you know this, we're not expositioning for everyone. Mm. And that's fine. I appreciate that. It's always good when that happens because it's annoying when people are explaining a thing to a guy who already knows clearly what the thing is. It's just odd. But the other one is when you've built up the language. So, Evangelion... Um, when you're watching episode, I don't know, 17, 18, and someone in the thing is going like, the synchronization rate has gone inversed and the berserker mode is active and the AT field is, you know, inverted. At that point, you already kind of know what all of those things are and what they're doing. But the film didn't, it, it did the other one, the one where it's just throwing words at you deliberately to obfuscate what it's actually meaning. I don't think that's any different. I think when the, the secret shadowy dudes talk about it, that's as much part of technobabble for a giant robot show, particularly this one, as when the technical people are saying, oh, the nerve circuits are detaching, you know, you know, and saying pan blue, because that's what the old guys are supposed to represent. They're like the, the old nasty people who have this plan to keep on exerting their power over everyone else and Mm. they just talk about it and it's no different than when Dr. Hell says I'm going to send the next three units after the Mazinger (laughs) 
and stuff like that. It's yeah. the same stuff. It's just given a different kind of gravitas because that's what Evangelion did when it first came out was take these very these things that were literally for like a five year old kid's show and sort of spin them up with basically a lot of pop psychology. If anything, the thing that's used to make things sound more important than it is is like the pop psychology, you know, like the whole of the end of the first season of Ava, the first, you know, the first 26 episodes of anime mm. is, hey, have you heard of this thing called therapy? <laughs> you all it really need helps it. me out. <laughs> yeah. No, I always I say it really helped me out. That's what I think that's what uh, Hideki Anno is so often saying. It's like having someone to talk to and people to trust and people that I could be vulnerable with helped me deal with like the pain of the everyday. Mm. It's like, that's why I think everyone seems to say, oh, Shinji getting the robot, why is it so down? It's like, that's clearly the view of a very depressed person having to get out of bed in the morning. And it, everyone else talks to Shinji like getting in the ever is important, or that they, well, it, more in the, in the diegetic reason is that everyone's afraid f- for dying, but the, the actual, like, subtext version of the... Or the, or the sort of the allegorical thing is when you're really depressed, people want you to do things that everyone thinks is easy to do, but you can't do them and you can't explain to them why you can't do them. It's as ridiculous as trying to argue your way out of piloting this giant, complicated robot. Yeah. And that's what I've always thought that no one ever seems to mention when Shinji's all down and kind of like annoying and everything. But yeah, that's how a depressed person is when you're trying to tell them, get out of bed and go to work. It's like, why do I have to do this? Yeah, I still. Yeah, I do agree. There is always that whole, it is a really underlying everyone needs therapy. But I've also thought it's quite a nice, I've always liked Evangelion's thing of, well, this is what happens when you put 14... It's like... Yeah, um, there's also like... The- magical Madoka, you know. It's yeah. like, this is what happens when you put young children in life or death situations. It starts off where they're going, this is so cool. This is like a TV show. And then they get hurt and someone dies. And then they have to keep fighting anyway. And it's like, oh no, we gave all of our teenagers PTSD. I guess we better <laughs> give them therapy as well. Yeah, it, it, I like that. And, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to see the... Um, people should have therapy message being pushed. Yeah. Well, that was always Eva's thing of... People yeah. but yeah. People are messed up. But um, yeah, the thing with the magic. No, people thing, are the so thing fucked the, up. The, that is the line. Yeah, but the Eva... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, the thing with Eva and, and also... One of the major reasons why you can't like Shinji ever. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Well, this Shinji hasn't done it. Let's leave that <laughs> to the side. Yeah, okay. Um... The the idea here, well, you've got to remember that happens in End of Eva, but I'll get to that as maybe at some point. Um, the the thing with Madoka when you brought up and Eva is this is the other sort of dimension to breaking down what Eva's about. Is it's a deconstruction. It's like so many heroes of giant robot shows are kids who have been away from their father for ages, and then their father just calls them up and goes, "Come over here, lad. I've got this giant robot. You should pilot this giant robot." <laughs> and the guys and like. Generally, in like a kids show, the guy's like all up for it. Generally, because aliens are invading, or what yeah. have you, and like that's Nadesco. Th- yeah, that's why. In but it, Ava deconstructs that and says, no, if if you were left alone from your father from a young age and then dragged in at like the cusp of puberty to do something difficult and traumatic for him that he'd been doing instead of raising you, that he cares yeah. about way more than you as a person. It wouldn't be as simple as, oh, yeah, sure, Dad. 
Another good deconstruction that does it the other way, that kind of makes it cool, is Canon God Exican, which was only ever a manga by um, the guy who did Gunsmith Cats. Um, mm-hmm. And that one, it's his grandfather. But what's great is his grandfather is such an, a weird, horrible guy. It's basically revealed in like the last third of the manga. Oh no, your grandfather is actually your father. Your father died because he was going to be the original pilot because he found out that your grandfather was sleeping with your mother. Yeah, that's screwed up. Yeah, the whole thing is just... Like, Kenichi Soda, that's it. It's Kenichi Soda who made Gunsmith Cats going, oh, Gunsmith Cats, that was a little bit horny, I guess, with uh, the bomb lady who was who took drugs to forever look like she was really young. And the the uh, the mafia being run by uh, a six-foot-tall, like, super lesbian. I think I can get, like, more horny. <laughs> can oh, no, get no, 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 hold my beer, I've got this. Hold my beer, me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, oh, uh, but yeah, so that, that's another good example of going like the other way. But Eva goes like perhaps the more sensible way of, yeah, when he first arrives, he thinks he's generally happy that he might see his, Shinji's generally happy that he might see his father again. Yeah, my dad said he wants to see me, so yeah. I turned up. And then his dad's just like, get in the fucking robot. <laughs> get in the robot, punch the, punch the monster. It's like, I don't really want to. Mm. I do love, that's another thing that they break away, because generally when a... When the robot is first launched against its first enemy, the robot is so unbelievably powerful in a super robot show, it generally beats the first enemy quite handily. Yeah, but Shinji can't even walk. Yes, but in this the is the robot. thing, right at the start, the robot actually isn't that useful. And I like how the Evangelions are always kind of vulnerable mm. throughout the entire show. They're always like, it's only just because enough. the umbilical cable. Yeah. It's not just the umbilical the um- cable is a big deal. It's, it's not just the umbilical cable, it's like, unless s- magic plot stuff happens, they are actually quite vulnerable to all the attacks that are th- thrown at them. The angels are usually more powerful, yeah, mm. because the angels are much better at AT fields than the actual Evers are. Mm. Which now is, like, which is kind of interesting because, again, pop psychology, the AT field is the cause of like 90% of Shinji's problems, both in the cockpit and out of the cockpit. His own AT field causes like 90% of his problems, as does yeah. Misato's. Because they can't get close to each other. The um, uh, by the way, while we were talking, I did Google the differences between the original series and the first film, mm. and yeah, I was right. It's bugger all. Like yeah. it's it's it's. You kind of have to like, start. You can't immediately make it completely different because you have to I set the baseline I of. I think this is important because it sets the baseline of Shinji is really lonely. He's really lonely because he's uh, a neglected child. And Misato is really lonely because she lost her father and is like driven for revenge. Ayanami is uh, really lonely because she only sees one person as giving her any kind of self-worth. Mm. And these are the screwed up people who were following. Yeah, pretty much. But um, no, I just look, the, the only re- the differences are things like that whole scene with Karu is completely just like... What's just fan service extra. so that we can see yeah, Karu yeah. and you, you know Considering that Considering how little he's in... This is the thing. If you look at the amount of, like, I don't know, um, it's like when you... Uh, a good example would be, I don't know, Boba Fett from Star Wars. It's where if you look at the merchandising or if you look at the fan <laughs> stuff or if you look at the if you look at the fandom generally, yeah, you'd think Karu was a major character. You'd think Boba Fett's a major character. And actually, they're in, like, two scenes or two episodes and it doesn't... 
It's like Kari is literally a two-episode character. Mm. He turns up and goes, hey, I'm here. I'm going to flirt with you. And hey, I'm going to be the new pilot. And I'm going to be your friend. And we're going to flirt. And it's going to be great. And then one episode later, he goes, actually, I'm switching sides. I'm on the angel side. And I'm going to do evil things. And you're going to have to kill me. Mm. Ta-da! And he's two episodes. He's literally a two-episode character. And Strictly they speaking, in Eva, everyone's bit. doing evil things. No, I know, but they, they fleshed him out a bit in the manga of Eva, so he's in two volumes rather than two episodes. Yeah. So he's in slight, he's introduced a bit earlier, so th- and he doesn't betray them for a bit later, as mm. basically it in the manga. Yeah, but he actually this, fights an like, angel in now, the manga, doesn't he? Full on, I can't remember, it's been years since I watched uh, Yeah, Reddit. I think he, the thing is, he fights a, an angel and he does have this whole thing of, uh, I don't know how to play this as a... <laughs> It's actually really difficult to read the manga because if you, like I, was buying the manga like as it came out and enjoying it, but in a fairly casual way because you didn't think that something like Ava was going to be... You know, you'd never had any difficulty finding the manga. Mm. You know, when you're getting six and seven, you can find it fairly easily. I wasn't like, got to pre-order this or anything. And then it gets to the episode... I think it's ten, book ten or eleven, or ten and eleven. The two volumes with Karu in, you cannot get for love nor money, or at least not for cheap money. Mm. The last time I looked, they were going for like 100 quid on eBay. And this was years ago, obviously. But um, I don't know if they ever reprinted them. But no, the amount of sales of like book nine without Karu was all the people who were reading Ava for Ava. But the amount of people who just bought 10 and 11, because they're the two books with Karu in them, meant the people who were buying the whole series often have a hole where those two volumes are. Mm. And that includes me. I actually have... Evangelion the manga except for the Karu volumes That's because weird. you can't get the bloody volumes because all of the bloody fan service of Karu people So you mean people just bought went... all up all of the printings of the Eva manga? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because it was okay the demand for those two volumes with Karu in them was exponentially higher than the rest of them. So the 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 I don't know the publisher was just like okay so we sell x amount of these each time okay there's going to be a bit of a drop off because that's how, you know, yeah, buying how books... volumes of works, books work. Yeah. And new people will come to the series and buy the whole thing slowly. So we need a bit of a, you know, extra on top. And then they got to, you know, the Kari volumes and they just sold out instantly. And for some reason, even though they had a license to print money, the manufacturer didn't go, oh, I guess we'll have another publishing run of those two volumes so that everyone who wants them can have them. Mm. But no. Anyway, they might have reprinted it, but they hadn't reprinted it last time I looked, which was admittedly five years ago. But still, <laughs> it's something that has annoyed me because it is—it's literally a gap in my bookshelf yeah. where I can't, couldn't find those two volumes. And I think if they did reprint them, it's like that whole thing of um, when you've got a series and then you sign, find a reprint, but it's a different cover. Yeah, it's going to have a different spine, isn't it? Yeah, or exactly. Something. Like I—I I was buying uh, the Great Teacher Onizuka original manga. The um, I can't remember what it's called. The the beach young people on beach manga anyway mm. it's the gto one that was before gto yeah yeah and far less popular <laughs> but it was being released here by a publisher who went under when they were at 12 or 13 volumes in <sighs> to the manga so i own all of those ones and they're a bit juvenile sometimes but quite good like gto was to be fair yeah um but the publisher going under the rights i believe did get bought up by someone else and then they started from book one again so i just sort of went oh well whatever so i now have the option of i could probably look at it now and they probably caught up with where i was it's been years and years and years 
But I can now either buy and have it switch at a certain point, or I could go and rebuy the whole series in the form that they're now releasing them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a bit much. Anyway, that was ever the manga. Ever the film. <laughs> well, I will say the one thing that's gotten a lot more personality with the animation update is all three angels that appear. Yeah, no, they're much better. Yeah. I do love the it's in this in the movie version it's the fourth angel. In the TV it was the third. Um that the that's the angel that uh that generally people think of when we think of uh the first angel, the one with the two masks and everything. Yeah, well, it has two masks because yeah. it has like its first mask burnt off and it regenerates. Oh yeah, yeah. It but I, I was that. always impressed at the level of like personality they were able to give that one particular angel mm. because it's the most generally the most the humanoid one that's seen the most. It's most like another opposing giant robot. Yeah, yeah. And it's like appropriately scary and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, because because it can again, tilt its head. There's stuff because. That's one thing that uh, you only see a little bit in the movie that you do see a lot more of in the series is when they're shooting at it and it's sort of like its its face, its mask face sort of tilts as it looks at being mm. shot at and it's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Now the the other angels, you're right actually, after that one, I'm trying to think of all the ones and it's a case of, well you've got the ones in the film being the, you know, crystalline shape monster and you've got the centipede monster. Mm. Those Which wasn't like that in the... It didn't have those legs in the TV series. No, that's true. But then I'm thinking of the other ones in the TV series, like mm. there's the ball that makes the shadow. Yep, that's a very good um, one. And then there's the one that's like a butterfly in orbit. If you want to think um, of similar ones to to that, uh, the, the first angel that they fight. Yes, it's gonna well, there's the one underwater as well. The only one I can think of that's vaguely similar was, isn't the two together yeah, one? Yeah, that's, that's the one that divides. Is the only yeah. one I can think of. Mm. Yeah. It is kind of interesting that Nerve... I guess it shows the, the the level of restrictions they're folk, they're working under. Because uh, one thing that was great in the TV series is they always spoke about how repairing any one of the Evas bankrupted another country and left millions starving. Um, yeah, was the so that the 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 all they have is like let's put Shinji in front of it and get him to shoot at it, and that's all their plan until they actually generally that plan fails and they have to get someone else <laughs> come up with a new plan. Because he's just, that's the only training they can good. give. It's he's like, just not good. Just shoot at it. And it's like, that never seems to work. <laughs> well, I think it's because he's not really neutralising the AT field, isn't he? Uh, they say he is neutralising the AT field in the, in the, in the, the whatchamacallit, in the, the simulator. They say that well, you can yeah. do it from a distance. But yeah, it does seem odd. And it didn't and He it puts didn't the work. knife in, at least, to that. Um, the, the centipede got, one. Yeah, the red, the, the red sort of whips, yeah. whips of laser. That's yeah. the one. Laser whips it has laser one. whips as well. Which is that's why, even though he's neutralising the AT field, it doesn't get hurt because it can knock all the bullets away. That's a yeah. good, another good example of the uh, themes of Evangelion. There, isn't it? Because you have Toji and Kisuke who don't really care that much about Shinji, and in fact, Toji like punches him, and yeah. they don't like him. And then when they go and see him fighting, and they then go into the giant robot. Metaphorically, that means Shinji is letting them get closer to him. And they see mm. him and they see his suffering. And they see how hard it is to do what he's doing. By letting them in, they immediately become friends. Like, he immediately apologises after that bit. And I... Yeah. See, that's a nice little... That, that little bit is a nice little bit showing like how Shinji can actually improve. He let two people actually get close to him and see how vulnerable he is. 
and that actually improved things for him rather than made things worse because that's how he got those two friends yeah. and I was like because Evangelion rebuild has to cut everything really short that's nice because it's just there in this nice little block in the middle of the movie <laughs> like, it does it does cut a lot of things short and I think Obviously, I think the best thing to talk about if you want a comparison one is Razafon, because as we talked about when we were looking at Razafon... Well, there's no... Kiss her! Kiss the... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But no, what I was talking about with that is, um, because Razafon did a movie, but unlike trying to do whenever it did four, Razafon didn't... I didn't have the same feeling, because I felt like the Razafon movie's quite rushed, but actually what they did is they just cut, like, six months of the plot out, Mm. and made things happen faster, and cut entire characters, and... That actually still, I think it worked because they kept the bare bones, but they changed the plot in the ways they wanted to Mm. and they made it faster, but it still worked coherently as a film. And actually, I still think you can watch the Razafon film without having watching the TV show. And it's, it's a coherent film with a coherent plot and it feels a bit quick and rushed, but it's, it's explained itself and it hasn't had any, um, Things that just came out of nowhere or that were just annoying, in from memory anyway. It's been a few years since we did that. No, no, yeah, but the Rosafon film stands on its own pretty solidly. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I would a bit distracting because of course it spends a long time just sort of like throwing the main character from one place to the next. Oh yeah, no, it's very hectic mm. as a film because it has to do all of the stuff that needs doing, and doesn't really have the time that the Rosafon series has to have him in between everything cooling off and hanging with people and developing characters and being a person. Mm. Yeah. I, th- but that's that's very much the same with this film, is Shinji doesn't... He goes to school, and you see that he goes to school, but because we're basically jump-cutting between every angel fight, mm. the only time we ever see him at school is for one moment where he goes, oh, I guess Ray's not here, mm. or, oh, I guess Ray is here, and then another moment when he's being punched by Toji... And then the next moment where he's punching him. And also turn. hanging out and noticing uh, Ray. Well, yeah, because uh, Shinji's daily life kind of can't be the focus because you can't get that rhythm in a movie. No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is you have to take that out. Yeah. And so because of that, the film is basically... Shinji turns up. Shinji fights three, four battles. I can't remember how many it is. Is it three or four? Yeah, he fights three, three angels in this one, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. But... That it's not got a good standalone structure to a film in that there isn't... Like, the ending is that he vaguely connects with Rey. Well, no, he vaguely. Con- vaguely, he very powerfully connects with Rey. He does exactly mm. the same thing his father does. So yeah, Rey then acknowledges and, him. No, he does... Okay, he does the big gesture, which I would say opens the connection more than makes it. It's a you case say that, of he's, do- he's doing masses, exactly the same but... thing that he did earlier in the movie to his uh, to the people that then became his friends. Yes. So, But it's still... Anyway, okay, fine, fine. But my, my, the thing is, it just... That is the ending, and it's sort of... It, as it, the difference, I suppose, with the Razafon one is the Razafon one knew it was, it was a standalone and it didn't have a second film. Mm. But this, it just felt like it, it is actually not a film. Uh-huh. It's just three or four episodes of a show strung together because it knows it's got several more films to do the actual stuff. It, it does just... it does do actual stuff. It doesn't like it does it does reach a pretty adequate conclusion because like you can't expect everything to be wrapped up because it that is No, I don't expect, you don't expect everything like, to be wrapped up. Shinji to be a complete person by the end of it. But 
I think you do see a solid improvement in Shinji over the the literal three acts of the film, which are broken up with three literal angel fights. Which, as you know, mm. in Evangelion, the angel fights show basically a, like a big version of showing of what Shinji's actual internal trauma is, and that doesn't get repeated uh, later on. I just, so I do, I think, do think the, the... one is a solid film on its own. It's just that there is a lot of to be continues in it. But in terms of Shinji's growth, we get a solid arc for Shinji. I think the problem with it is I just I try to look at it as if you didn't know the series, as if you're a standalone person coming without any knowledge of Evangelion, mm. which I just feel like you're just kind of thrown in the way of it's just Shinji fights and big monster. Big yeah, monster, but the Shinji fights big, big monsters, monster. but the big monsters represent what Shinji is going through. And in that, like... They the... do, but without seeing enough of him in between the two... We do. You know, the two gaps between the giant monster fights. I just don't feel it's fleshed out enough to have the giant monster fights be as obviously, like, showing his growth or his difference. Like, the first giant monster fight, I agree, right? The first one, he's he's bloody useless. He just stumbles, the thing goes berserk, and it does it all for him. Second one, he tries because he has now done some training, but he's very closed off, and he just, you know, pulls the trigger and then, you know, stabs the thing. And he actually, he achieves success on his own, but he does it by disobeying and being cold and blah, blah, And then the third one, you know, he and Ray work together and then it's got, you know, a cohesive, I'm working with the military and we don't feel that everyone's sort of standoffish against one another. They're all one cohesive unit and they succeed properly and that's good. So I do get that the three different fights have different endings which all help well no yeah but it's not about you know it's not just about uh learning like within universe how to operate as a team it's like it's a, a li- more obvious representation of like the troubles that shinji is going through it's like shinji turns up and he just does what people are told him to and it kind of works out but that gets him into like this worse situation where he's just like piece of a machine the second one like he you say there's nothing to tell us it but there's this whole early bit where you show how lonely he is and how he doesn't really connect with misato it's kind of weird and he's got no friends and like the people in his classmate dislike him just because he pilots the eva even though he really didn't want to that one time and so he's just there and also because if he didn't they'd have all been killed yeah 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 of course that's the underlying thing that's why that's a diegetic reason why everyone's horrible to him but this can be stretched to other things and so and so, like, he's there just following orders and that doesn't work out for him. But the, the actual process of beating the second angel isn't that important. He was going to beat it. The important thing is that he beats it while letting two people understand, like, the kind of problems that he's going through. He, they, he lets him inside the robot so he doesn't look like he's in this big old robot. They see that he's just a person barely hanging on. And that allows them to empathise with his position. And then he gets some friends. And the third one is Shinji then doing that to Rei. Like, he seemed to mm. think that he was the only person going through all of this problems. He was all focused on himself, and that was actually starting to really trouble him, because he wasn't paying attention. You know, he dis- disobeyed Misato in the second one, because he was all focused on himself. And then, he's able to empathise with what's happening with Rei, and he just so happens, in that process of, like, getting actually worried about Rei and working with her, does the exact same thing that his father did, which is important to Ray because it's the only time anyone's ever seen her as an important human being that they care about. And so that mm. allows Ray to sort of connect with 
Shinji. And that's where it ends, at, like, the emotional level. A lot of the other, like, stuff is still going on, but the important thing is you, you have this thing of Shinji both gradually opening up and then gradually learning to empathise with other people. I do know what you mean, I do, but I do think that the knowledge of the characters and the series is what allows that to work without... I think they do. I, I do think it's a lot easier think... if you already know who Shinji is. But yes. there's a lot of stuff in there that's like that, that's quite clearly there to show you what it is. Like Gendo's letter to him uh, and the way that they react to each other and the way that like, these brief scenes in between um, everything are put together. The way in which, like, after being yelled at for disobeying orders, Shinji basically goes out and just lives on the streets for, like, a day. Mm. I do... I do agree with you, and I do think it is... It does fit. I do, though... I still think that without that knowledge, it's it's too hectic, and it's too rushed, and it's too lacking in sort of a defining... It's it's too much a placeholder for the next film. It's too much of a setup for that, mm. for my for my liking. And the thing is, there's four of these, right? Total. There will be four, hopefully. Yeah, the fourth yeah, one hasn't yeah. come out. No, but I'm saying they they've sort of said it will end with four, right? Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> I haven't got a All confirmation, right. but they say generally they say yeah, this will be it. This was about an hour and 45 minutes, right? Yeah. Which, if you assume the running length of all four are roughly that, yeah, yeah. then that's uh, seven hours. Yeah, the, right? the second one is about an hour and 52 minutes, and the other one is about an hour and a half. Okay, well, just say as an average, then, the four films are seven hours, mm. and seven hours would be, if you think an episode's half an hour, it's, it's then, therefore... 14 episodes but an episode isn't half an hour really because yeah. you it's knock about, off the you get about next time on and the credits time. opening and closing you get roughly 22 mm. right so that's 7 times 60 minutes uh, 420 minutes divided by 25 minutes or let's call it 22 means you'd get about 19 episodes worth of a series out of the same runtime. I think that's right? enough if you cause no no it is enough because it's basically almost a full series mm. it's just you cut a bit more filler out of most 26-episode shows and you could get them down to 19 to 20 normally, I would have thought. Mm. And, yeah, if they just took a bit more out of the original series of Ever, you could definitely cut enough in Ever to just have compacted it down to that. But and that's what I'm saying. It just it does feel like the first... I felt like I'd watched the first, I don't know, four or five episodes maybe of a series in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Like I, I said, feel I can like understand how it feels like that, but I would say that Shinji has enough of an arc to carry this one movie. And also mm. kind of Misato. It's also Misato sort of getting a bit of trust. Misato's interesting, I think, in the... So in the original series, Misato is absolutely manipulating Shinji to do what she wants yeah, via the time. Yeah. her affection and either withdrawing it or implying it could lead to more. Like, she absolutely is doing that. And, hell, even, again, spoiler for the original series, even, like, the last thing she does before she dies is to kiss him in order I to get not... him to go and do the thing she wants okay, to do. Okay, I can understand you go. Before you go further, I should say for everyone listening, I do not believe that you can compare the character actions at the end of Eva to the character actions in the TV series. 
because End of Eva is more of a giant fuck you to capitalism and to the people who complained about the uh, original ending to episodes of Eva. And so I think a lot of character actions in End of Eva are deliberately sadistic choices to punish the viewer for being... Mm. So I understand what you mean, but I, that, I don't film, consider though. that part of... Oh, yeah, it's still a fantastic film. But like yeah. at the same time, I do. But not... no, I completely, I do agree with you though, because actually, yeah, people watched Instrumentality and went, wait, 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 wait. So after all the angels were defeated, they basically all had therapy and achieved pseudo enlightenment and became decent people on a higher plane of thought. What? I didn't get that. That was weird. Okay, fine. They didn't all get happy and achieve a higher plane of thought and become comfortable with themselves. They all died horribly yeah. and <laughs> suffered. Are you happy now? Are you happy, audience? Yeah, that's what's nice about Rebuild, is I get the feeling this will hopefully not have that sort of ending. Yeah, maybe. Well, I think it might go for a bit more of a middle ground, personally. But, but yeah, um, you are not right. having watched the other three, I don't know. We should say but Misato yeah, point... is much less manipulative in this movie. All right, fine. That's what okay. I get back But no, 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 that's what I'm saying. She's much less manipulative than in End of Ava, but I still think that she's manipulative in the original Platinum, not Platinum, but the, you know, the original series, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. the series she's that I have on DVD somewhere. She's very manipulative. But the thing is, I think the main thing I thought about the film was that all of the slow burn interesting stuff, like finding out that actually... Because actually, if you watch the original series... You don't really get the whole she's manipulating him and she's fully aware of what she's doing and how until you get to a certain point in the series. In this, it's like a scene in that she's like talking to Ritsko and is like, yeah, sure, I'm manipulating him. And it's it's all very obvious that she's doing it to everyone other than perhaps Shinji. And she's doing it in a much more forceful way as well. I think she's doing it in a way where she's a bit more sort of like, I feel bad about it. And I think she felt bad about it mm. in the TV show. I just remember like early on in the TV show, she's just very clearly, she'll say whatever because everyone's about to die. <laughs> and I absolutely agree with that. It's like, oh, you're messing with a small teenage boy's feelings. And I'm like, in exchange for the world's survival. <laughs> yeah, sure. Beat him. Whatever. Whoa. I don't care. <laughs> No, do whatever you want to Shinji. Shinji is not a nice person and I don't care. But the point is, if you've got the whole world at stake, the emotional well-being of a teenage boy is not something that should prevent you from saving it. Whoa, that's cold. But also, well, like, you've got to remember, this is saying other things. The whole world-ending thing, yeah, of course it makes sense in that. But Eva is also talking about, like, the actual manipulation that people experience every day. Mm. It's like yes. it's just in a heightened level. People do the sorts of things that Gendo does every day, not for like grand world-altering reasons, but they just do it to get what they want. Yeah, but I think the other difference being that um, because she knows now. So in the original, again, so many years since I've seen it, but my memory of the original series is she behaves in a fairly upfront manner, and then she does all the digging, and then finds out all the stuff. And it's only then that she's, like, really getting quite manipulative once she knows the score and she gets her own agenda once she realises what everyone else's agenda really is. But in the first half of the series, her agenda, she thinks, aligns with everyone else's because her agenda is stop the angels, keep the pilots piloting, let's keep the world safe. Mm -hmm. You know? And what it's does only it when change she finds to? Out that's... No, I think she... It's it's not that her agenda so much changes as much as it's that 
her she realizes her agenda is not any n- not really shared by either but what, the what board do they have what's their other agenda the directors Oh, the, what, the Sele director directors. and the board. Oh, right, you're saying that. So the human. Oh, Sele, Sele oh, right. and yeah, Sele and Gendo both have entirely different agendas. I don't to think she knows the that public agenda the of nerve. No, I don't think not, she knows about well, instrumentality and tell. stuff like that. The fact that basically everyone's plotting the same thing. They just want they, but you know, they think they're fighting to save the world, but in reality, they're what they're fighting is so that a bunch of evil old guys can pick how the world ends. Yeah. Which again, it's Evil. that's just like the giant robot manure around it. Like that happens to everyone <laughs> all the time. You spend your time like working really hard and trying to do stuff, and then you realize, oh no, wait! All I'm doing is just helping people fathomably more powerful than me uh, achieve their ends, and I get very little. Yeah. And then you destroy capitalism, <laughs> or you try to destroy I mean, capitalism, is... but then you get eaten by it. At like in End of Eva, what happens to Asuka? <laughs> I think the thing is, I fundamentally don't like Shinji. And he's 90% of this film, and that's probably why I'm a bit down on well, it. You'll probably hopefully like the next film, then. We can end it there, because well, the next film both introduces... If, if he's less in it, imp- yeah. introdu- Well, introduces Asuka, and Asuka basically has the same thing, because she's, like, same thing of Shinji. Shinji will is so lonely, he'll take any kind of affection, even if it makes him, like, an object. Meanwhile, Asuka... Uh, doesn't want to be treated like an object, but only gains self-worth by unknowingly buying into being treated like an object. Mm. Um, the thing is, I think though that I'm, I'm just the thing is, I'm well aware that my knowledge of Shinji's TV show and other films is probably colouring my knowledge of this Shinji. But I also think, objectively, I don't like Shinji in the film either. Even if you if you treat him as a separate character, change his name, change the trappings, or make me forget the other stuff. I don't like him because I suppose he's not got the only redeeming thing he really does is sort of when he tries to save Ray at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is either he's doing the right thing, but he's moaning about it and he's making excuses constantly. And he's also terrible at his job. And he's also just, he's just always complaining about like, people keep telling him, you can just leave. And he goes, no, I'm going to stay. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay and I'm act like you're all making me stay. You know, it's just this not... Well, he can't just, actually... He's such a teenage boy. He can't actually leave. A... I don't think he's a teenage boy. I think he's depressed. He is depressed, but I think... Uh, I don't know. He just... I just find him irritating, I suppose. Is my problem with it? It's like, and actually, you've been there, haven't you? The thing where you're in a job and you you have to work with this person and you can't get out right away, and so you have to just every day go and work either at this job that's really horrible or with this person that's really horrible, and you just have to slog through it. And you do find yourselves hating that person, but you don't know what that person, why that person is acting that way. Uh, In my experience, it's because that person's a prick. But But with Shinji, the whole point is like he has no self worth, and he thought by going and piloting Eva, he could get like a tiny amount of affection from his father, which is how he feels like he won't feel worthless. Mm. And the whole thing of Eva, like as a whole gigantic show, is you know, you can't rely on other people for your feelings of self worth. 
That's like that's well, literally the yeah. point at which it, uh, which Eva the TV show ends. It's like you've got to be responsible for your own happiness. And Shinji coming to terms with that, I think, will always be the the main plot of Eva. That's a good place to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're, then let's end it like a proper Eva and go. Remember, next series we've got Asuka Shikigami now oh, for God. some reason that everyone loves. I was really annoyed at all of the bloody. Spoilers. <laughs> Don't I, worry. I left all of the. I left the credits it's all on. Fake. I just left the credits it's on. It's all fake. Is it? Really? None of them are the same. That's happened. Like I looked at the the next on for see, for 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 movie two. Movie I remember two, doing yeah. that and going, "Oh, let's see what that is." And you had to wait a long time because that one got delayed. And then movie three turned up, and it's like nothing that appeared in the preview. And it's the same for movie <laughs> one. I did a check. So yeah, it's it's a it's a deliberate. Let's just use what we have. <laughs> Okay. So trust me, that sure, doesn't happen. Fine. But yeah. All right. No, that's fine. But yeah, it did kind of annoy me that they just went like, "Next film on Evangelion <laughs> in a year." Oh, this God. was the one no, that had I the just... shortest turnaround. The first two films. Well, no, I did note that um, this was two thousand seven. Like, I was aware that Ava films were coming out, and I remember when the first one came out, thinking, "I like Ava. I probably will like the new films." Do you know what? I'll wait and watch all three of them when the trilogy's finished. Thirteen and years later. <laughs> yeah, thirteen years is kind of a bit of a thing because this this was it two thousand seven. Two thousand seven is the one that uh, was the the figure on the film I watched. Yeah. But I watched one point one, mm. which I understand might be different from one point oh, which was the theatrical yeah, release. Yeah, the theatrical release. Yeah. But yeah, he started anyway. work on it. He started work on it in two thousand and two. And uh, the first film was published in 2007. The second film was released in 2008. The third film uh, was released in the fall of 2012. Okay, four years, right. And now, hopefully, 2020. And then it's been another seven years. It's been five years since the last one, because it was released 2015. And so now it's released... Wait, what? I thought you said 2007, 2008, 2012. I thought that's what you said. Oh, sorry, no, yeah, it was released around 2015. So, yeah, seven years. So, no, it was 2002, 2007, okay. 2008, then it was finally released 2015. Seven years. Okay, that's the bad one. Mm. And then this one's likely to be well, because five. Because, in all fairness, he did make Shin Godzilla, which is one of the best Godzilla films ever made. Oh yeah, I did hear that actually. We should watch Shin Godzilla. I've not seen it. We can watch Shin Godzilla after watching the third movie, so we can watch it as like part of the whole. Let's talk about his Hidekiano angst and need of therapy. Careful! If you talk about Hidekiano, I'm going to drag uh, his and her circumstances out and make you watch that. <laughs> That's maybe, when he finished. Maybe not. He finished Evangelion and he said, "I'm going to adapt a shoujo manga now." <laughs> <laughs> it is really good. It's probably the best thing he's ever made. Until Shin really? Godzilla came out, yeah. It's, in terms of like mm. animation, it's gorgeous because it, it's not about him. <laughs> That's what's nice about it. It's like, hey, Hidekiano, maybe you could make something about someone else. <laughs> I'll watch it. We'll put it on the list. There you go. We're gonna have. Uh, uh, I think we've decided we're gonna have a Hidekiano season. Like, Why not? Marathon then. It's it's. He's a good creator. Everything he's made has generally been pretty good. Which is kind of weird. It's kind of weird to think that a guy who regularly poses with his Ultraman um, belt buckles and does the Ultraman pose. Mm-hmm. It's such a great uh, it's such a great director. But, you know, I think maybe you should trust on that. I'd much rather my great directors uh, 
wear silly belt buckles than almost kill Uma Thurman. Is that a Tarantino thing? Yes, that is. <laughs> I wasn't aware that happened. Yeah, I'll tell you later. But yeah, hopefully the listeners know what it is. So we'll see you all next okay. time for Evangelion 2.22. You can not advance. <laughs>